Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Welcome to the Blue Collar Barbarians podcast brought to you by the Blue Collar Barbarians Network. And today I got a very, very unique guest for you. I'm bringing you a fitter from originally California coming up in the mob, the Dirty 38. Was that right, Chris? What was that? That's right. Yeah, yep. my boy Chris McKelvey out of the Bay Area, normally a fitter, who just moved and relocated his family up into Idaho for a better life. I don't blame you. California is falling in the hole, but we'll digress from that. Before we get started on this show, before I really get to let you guys know Chris, this guy is a killer and I can't wait for him to share a story with you. I want to take a minute to say thank you for today's show sponsor. That's going to be Backcountry Archery and Tier 1 Kinetics. Backcountry Archery is out of White Salmon, Washington. Zane is a wizard when it comes to bows. He's the guy that's been setting up my bow personally for me for the last uh, four years now. I've been through three different prime bows with him. I've had him set them up. Every single one of them I've shot, every single one of them killed an elk with. And to be honest with you, I've had to do very, very little adjustments year to year. I mean, my bow is just dialed. So go ahead and check out Backcountry Archery. Zane is absolutely a wizard. And then my friend Ben with Tier 1 Kinetics. You guys know what's up there tactical tools for your needs. Uh, that website has got everything you could imagine on it. You just need to go dive in. You even got night vision options nowadays for those of you that really want to get funky with the tactical world. So please go check out our friends and those that make it possible for us to do this show. That being said, enough about sponsors. Chris McKelvey, I cannot wait to hear your story. Thank you so much for taking the time with us tonight. It's a little bit later, but we're getting it in. And we're just grinding through podcasts. So, Chris, thank you so much, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, as we mentioned, you're from the you, well. You came from the the Dirty Thirty Eight, little mob down in the Bay Area that runs the fitter, making insane money. And now you've traded that for quality of life, which we'll get to all of that. But you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself to the audience, man. Yeah, um, Chris McKelvey. Uh... Like you said, uh, started out in local 38. Um, I had no idea, never saw myself doing trade work, you know, coming up. I didn't, it was definitely not mentioned to me by my high school guidance counselor. Um, I think like a lot of us that do trade work, I was not a scholastic overachiever. Um, actually going into my junior year my guidance counselor thought it would be easier for me to perform at school if i had less school to concentrate on so i was uh i was the only junior that had a half day <laughs> which ultimately ended up me starting my senior year like way behind in credits and having to you know really get after it and grind to to get out on time and actually i ended up uh i ended up finishing early because i didn't like the path that they proposed it was supposed to be you know, full-time schedule plus night classes and then uh, summer school and stuff at the JC. And they're like, you'll finish halfway through the summer after your senior year. I was like, what if I get done early? What if I just get out of here and start working? Um, <clears throat> worked at a, um, had a telemarketing job for a summer that, that summer between my junior and senior year, four hour shift, longest days I've ever worked in my life. I'm not a, I'm not a cubicle guy. Uh, Worked in fast food for a while, did two years, of, just shy two years of in and out Then I did like seven years working, working grocery and just kind of had enough of retail and, and, uh, you know, that, that whole, the customer's always right aspect of things. And, uh, went and, uh, went to wild tech. I wanted to build rock crawlers, found out that that was oh, nice. a really hard industry to get into. Yeah. 
it was it was a good experience. Um, it was a little more expensive than it should have been, and the 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 name that I you know that I left there with on the piece of paper wasn't worth what I paid for it because just some they were transitioning. They sold you know it's a financial grab thing. They sold the name, and uh, it was basically just cram as many people through as possible. So by the time I got out of there, it was like, oh, you came from Wyotech, huh? Yeah, we don't need you. So kind of spent like like five years doing restoration work because it was the only thing close I could find to do and not the best job ever worked for a guy that he and I didn't see eye to eye. And it was a uh, probably the worst job I've ever had, honestly. Really then, worse than even the fast food industry. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, wow. it was, yeah. <laughs> it, it just, he and I, it was, it was, it was about the work environment. I mean, I, I enjoyed the work. It was one of those things where if I could work for a different guy, and even at the wages I was making, if I had a trust fund, I'd have probably stayed, but <laughs> neither of those were happening. So ended up at a general fab shop and uh, that was kind of my first taste of like, you know, seem more like trade work. It was just working with a bunch of goofballs, you know what I mean? Doing, building whatever. I mean, the first day I was there, I was uh, welding big pads onto a, a tow truck boom. The preachers, preachers crossed those, you know, the drag pads for when they shoved that thing under under cars and i mean anything and everything that rolled through the door just from you know big structural stuff to they did some off-road stuff there whatever happened and then you know construction-based industry they slowed down and uh ultimately i he and i don't get along but i owe it to my my brother-in-law um i was working on a car one day and he uh one of my old uh, land cruiser that i had and he's like so you weld, huh? I was like, yeah. And he showed me one of his check stubs. He said, would you weld for this? I was like, I would kill somebody for that money. <laughs> <laughs> I take and, it, was he a union hand or something then? Yeah, he was actually a shop foreman for the company that I did my whole my whole career out of out of 38 with. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, so like I said, he and I, we don't, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but ultimately he kind of, you know, kind of showed me the light and that was the path, man. I mean, it was... <sighs> So 38, it's it's a tough gig to get into, right? Because of the pay. I mean, we were so when I when I left 38, we were 75 on the check for a journeyman. So you know, you figure, you know, foreman, GF, all those, you start adding those 15, 20 percent onto that. A guy could make a make a killing, even even at California, you know, cost of living rates. You can make a pretty comfortable living on on that money. So it's it's hard to get into. Their test cycles every two years to get into the apprenticeship. And if you don't get pulled in um, through your test scores, you time out and you got to do it again. And I was, I was at that like a year and nine months, you know, waiting on, on getting pulled in. And I just kind of started getting into BAs here. I was like, what's the guy got to do to join this club, man? You know what I mean? Like, what do I, like, I was ready to buy in as a welder. That's basically the, the route I was going to go because I, you know, I had to hurry up and make it happen. You know, I was, I was late to the game. I was, like 31 i think when i got pulled in so you know what i mean i yeah, was, was kind of looking at ask where were you at because you said you got you had seven years in grocery you had a yeah. couple of years in fast food and then you were you went back to school i didn't know you went yep. to wildtech that's that's cool that you like you kind of got this road map of like yeah try this try that and that resonates with like a lot of our guests and i'm sure a lot of our audience did because a lot of these guys it's it's not one way to get where you go. It's literally no. try something, eh, make a little course adjustment, try something again. Like, yeah, this is a little bit closer, but still, 
you know, so that's really cool. So 31 years old, you get in the VA's ear and you say like, listen, dude, like time's ticking. I'm not getting Let me in, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do I get into this? So what's it like getting into the trades, like going into an apprenticeship at 31? It was a, it was different. There was, it's funny. Cause there was a, there's a kid that started, you know, the same time I started class first night, I don't know anybody. I wasn't working. So I started, started working before I started going to school, just because of the timing on when they rolled me in and uh, all the guys I was working with, you know, none of them were, there was one other apprentice, but he's, so again, 38 is kind of different. It's got, there's a split, split hall. There's the North Bay hall. And then there's the, the hall in San Francisco where the, where the locals hubbed and uh, he was out of the city. So I didn't go to class with him at all. So I, you know, I didn't know anybody. It wasn't nobody I worked with anything. So it was just like, you know, who are all these guys? And there's a kid in there that was like fresh out of high school, 19 years old. And I was like, I asked him, you know, I was like, how old are you? I was like, I could be your dad. Like literally like I could be your dad right now. Like, (laughs) so it, it was, it was weird, but like, you know, and again, it's most of us, I think that, that are probably listening to this and doing this kind of work, not scholastic overachievers. So it was like, all right, I got to go to school again. But again, you look at it and it's, it's five years, right? Five years. And at that point, you know, you, you do the math. That's, that's a, that's a small chunk of time in comparison to the, you know, the, the roadmap I've already been on. I, I work grocery for longer than that, you know, and it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna teach, it's gonna teach you the skills that you're gonna need. And, you know, like I said, I knew what that, that check looked like at the end of the rainbow. So you do the math and every, you know, every six months, you're going to get a bump. You're going to be a percentage closer to that. And, you know, it's all going to be, you know, it's all going to be good when it's done. And, and it, I mean, it, it was, again, we're a bunch of hooligans, right? Like we're, we're a bunch of, you know, ruffians and, uh, and so it's not like, not like high school or even like JC classes that I tried to take along the way. It's, you know, a lot more lenient because even your instructors, your instructors are dudes that are, they've already worked a, you know, a full day and they're the same type of dudes. So it's, it's not, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of shenanigans in class and all that stuff. So it it wasn't nearly as bad. Yeah. I could only imagine. So let me pause right there for a second with you. Cause um, there's something really cool here. Uh, that I want to point out, especially for our audience. Um, the show is also geared towards um, as people are looking for new homes, right? Like, especially as the white collar world is dying, there's people that are interested in blue collar. There's kids that are realizing three or four years in that their degree that they're after doesn't mean shit. It's put them in debt that are going to be looking at getting into the trades and stuff like this. And I know we're going to get into some more of this in the Q and a, but let's talk really quick about that five-year plan because a lot of people are so short-sighted bro it is and you just nailed it on the head when you said like i thought about it and i was like seven years i did i did seven years of grocery i did more in grocery than what this will take me and then at the end of the rainbow is x right like and for our audience let's just say without getting into specifics here or whatnot but let's just say that at the end of the rainbow for what he's talking about he's talking about the union of unions so he's being humble in what he's talking about. He's talking about guys that journey out that are doing quarter million dollars a year that are doing yep. 200,000, maybe even 300, some of them. You're talking about guys that are, so you're, you're talking about going from making groceries money or fabrication shop money at 25 bucks an hour to 
like literally tripling your income and that's on a five-year plan so like he said you might not start there but if you knew without a shadow of a doubt all i got to do is show up every day for five years and give my best effort for 40 to 80 hours a week right depending on what you're doing like i don't want to lie to you guys sometimes it can be a shit show but there's 40 hours is pretty common as well and if you could give yourself just 40 even just 40 for five years is it worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars to you folks because that beats the hell out of a forty thousand dollar a year job it beats the hell out of coming out of high school or college for some of you guys being a hundred thousand dollars in debt or hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt making thirty thousand dollars a year as an entry-level position that caps out at 50 when you could start at 60 80 70k even in some of these unions as a term one apprentice so talk to me about like that plan for just a second we won't spend a bunch of time on this dude because i want to really pick your brain hear more of your story here but like help our audience out give them give them some some feel right here bro because i mean you you're like me i i think like this too like but yeah. let's talk about long-term effect versus short-term, right? So it's, and it's, you'll see, like I said, you know, I, I, I was 31 when I started and, yeah. and sitting right next to me is a, is a kid that literally finished high school, you know, that the last classroom he was in and it was, you yeah, know, about to be balling before that way, summer. He know. What's that? I said about to be balling, by the way, little does he know. Oh yeah. No, he's doing good, dude. I check up on him on social every once in a while and I'm, dude, I'm like, I'm I've got some envy towards that, right? But like at the same time, if I had that money at that age, I'd probably got myself in some trouble. You know what I mean? Like I had some maturing to do. So it's it's for the better that I, you know, my path took me a little longer to get it figured out. But you don't have to know. I mean, pick a trade that fits you, right? Like yeah. if if you have any idea what that is, which, you know, again, like I didn't know there was even any of these options. I didn't know the pipe fitters existed until until I saw that check stub. And I was like, wait, what do you do? Like. I thought it was all plumbers. You know what I mean? Like I already turned this down once. I don't want to be a plumber, but you know, do some research, find out what, what trades are available near you or whatever, you know, or if you're willing to relocate and, and jump onto it, but you don't have to know anything. There's, there's guys, we get brand new green guys that, you know what I mean? Like they'll teach you all that stuff. There's usually in, in first year, there's introduction to hand tools and how to use them and care of, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to know how to do this stuff. Like, Again, I didn't, I'd never even heard the word hydronics when I, you know, when I signed up for the apprenticeship, but I, I have, you know, I have a mechanical aptitude. I've, I worked on cars. I, you know what I mean? Like that stuff, tools, use of tools, power tools, hand tools, all that stuff that wasn't new to me, but I didn't know anything about piping systems or any of that stuff. They teach you everything you need to know. As long as yeah. you can pay attention, you know? At the end of at the end of a workday, you can go sit down and you know read a book, pay attention, watch a PowerPoint presentation, ask questions, and just absorb as much as you can, and and try to figure it out as you go. I mean, and and really, you're going to learn most of the stuff you need to know on the job. It's rough a little bit, you know what I mean, when you're brand new because you're you're a gopher. Go get you know this. what I mean? They, yep. <laughs> they know they know that you don't know anything yet, and you're going to be running. You know what I mean? You're going to get your cardio in, but you're if if you show the drive you show that you want to learn you'll get and you might i mean the first you know the first journey when you get stuck with you you roll into apprenticeship 
he might not want to teach you anything, but you'll find, you'll find those guys. You know what I mean? Like you'll, you'll get the guy that knows things. And as long as you are asking the right questions, he's going to see the value of that. And, and that you aren't just the guy that's there to be neck down and he's going to teach you things and it's going to help you. And a lot of it is, I mean, you'll, you'll find yourself in the right place at the right time, one time, and it'll, it'll catapult your, your whole path. Yeah. Wow. That's very well said, man. And, uh, and again, I, I apologize for interrupting you there, but Anna, I just, I wanted people to understand how important it is to realize that when you think like five years, yes, it is kind of a long time, but five years is nothing in the blink of what your life is like legitimately. Yeah. I'm not even the same person I was five years ago. So it is very much so not the same person, but like, I mean, it is a long time, but it's not dude. I mean, it's no five years. I mean, I bought this house brand new on Intel and I've been here three years already. And it seems like, I think I'm like a year and a half in, you know, like time and the older you get, you know, the, the more you appreciate time for what it is, but I'll yep. digress on that, Chris, and let you get back to your story. So let's pick up like your 36, 37, 36, just now journeying out. Yeah. So it, I've been, I think my, my career path, I got lucky. I, I, I've seen and done a lot, right. Just since I've been in the union, um, I got a lot of weird random experience just in life in general. So it's kind of this, the whole, my whole union career, like it, like I said, the, the, the restoration thing beforehand and like all the other stuff I did, I've always seen how good the union is, you know what I mean? And, and it's, and I've been grateful for it. And I think that's been a big part of, of helping me get to where I am and, and getting some recognition along the way is like, you get a lot of people that take things for granted. And it's just like, eh, you know what I mean? They just kind of have that eh, attitude. And like, I know what this has helped me do, you know what I mean? And, and what I've been, what I've been able to provide my, my family with because of it. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. And, and I will show that, you know, every chance I get, you know, to the people yeah. I'm working for. So that's, that's a huge thing. I mean, yeah. So you talked about, you know, at the point of journey out, I journeyed out December of, of 19, right before the whole world changed. Right. And it was, everybody joked. So the company that I worked for in 38 was ACO and they were one of the, I mean, they're, I'm sure up in your area, you've probably seen ACO hard hats and stuff, right? No. Not familiar. Okay. They're generally speaking, I mean, in, in Southern California and the Bay area, they're, they're usually, they're where the, they were the first stringers, right? Like Southland kind of, they had second fiddle, all the, the other big jobs that we didn't have. And I know they've got some stuff. I think there's a shop up in Seattle and pretty much up and down the West coast, as far as I know, you know what I mean? There's, they're, they're pretty big presence, but everybody joked that like they had a journeyman release program. So they're they, at any point in time, they employed two thirds of the fitters and plumbers out of our local. So, wow. you know what I mean? It's just, you need manpower, you need hands on a job. Right. But a lot of guys are those, are those neck down guys. Right. And that was, there was a time when that was, that was me until I, you know, made some, made some life changes and kind of realized that like, I wasn't really, wasn't really firing on all cylinders and wasn't, wasn't given even close to a hundred percent, but consistent you know what i mean and you can be that guy you can like i said everybody every job needs hands but like if you wanna if you want to be more than just a hand like 
you can't just be neck down, you know, you gotta, you gotta be hungry. And like I said, be grateful and, uh, and do a little more, but so it was, I was kind of nervous, you know what I mean? Coming into, you know, being a, being a journeyman and having actual expectations and having to know things and not being able to play that apprentice card, but everything got weird. Like I said, you know what I mean? Like with, with, with COVID and like they shut down the city, everybody, if you weren't on a job that they deemed essential, which was like, I think there was a water treatment plant, like two other projects going on where, where guys actually stayed at work. Our whole hall was on the books for two months until they sorted everything out. And then we all started going back to work and, and it, you know, again, like the kind of the choices and the changes that I made, like we, everything went back to work. We finished the jobs basically that we were on, but like the, I mean, the, COVID changed everything in San Francisco, right? It's all like super techie, like everything there is, you know, high rise buildings and, uh, and a lot of just tenants moving in and out and changing things for, you know, things that are ultimately people realize with, with the Rona that you could, you could telecommute that you don't have to be in the city for that. Like you could do that from your house, wherever your house is, you know what I mean? So these, a lot of these buildings, like they didn't have the need to be occupied anymore. So they're just like work just kind of stops. Like I said, like we worked through the projects that were on the books and like things got real weird. And like, there was, it was basically every, every Thursday was, was who's getting checks. And I made it through August, August of 22. I got laid off. And the day I got laid off, my, my super brought out 14 other checks and it was like seven foreman me you know what I mean? Uh, a couple other journeymen and, and a handful of apprentices. And I thought at that, you know, at that rate, I made it through two years of who's getting laid off on Friday. And that I kind of like, I mean, it was stressful, right? But like, at the same time, you just like, just stay focused, keep working. And and I took it as a huge compliment that I made that, that, that the day that I did finally have to get laid off, like, there was there was, you know, I mean, foreman and trucks getting canned. And so, and that was kind of the that was the beginning of, of the search in my head. I was like, all right, we got to like, I got to do something like this. Isn't like, it's not stable. Right. Right. Like, which I'd never seen before where we went from having to turn down overtime to like wondering when the next job was going to be. And, you know, talking to BAs and all oh, there's, you know, there's work on the horizon, all stuff. And, but it just didn't really, you know, never, never saw it kick off. And then, really the, the straw that kind of broke the camel's back, which was, you know, thankfully my wife saw it. And that was, that was all it took was they talked about putting the, uh, the COVID vax on the requirements for uh, kindergartners to go into school. And that was our, our oldest was, was right at that age. So he was going to be starting kindergarten the next year. And she said, we're going. And I said, say less. So I jumped on a plane, came up here, you know, got in some ears, met the BA and, uh, the rest is, you know, now, now we're in, uh, now we're in Meridian <laughs> living a new life. So I'm yeah. backtrack a little bit there. Cause you journeyed out right before, uh, COVID, which is for those, for the guys working in the industry, they know what, they know exactly what that means. You, you went from the, essentially you journeyed out in 19, 19 was my 1920, 20 probably was my best year ever granted the beginning of COVID, you know, or what, not, but like I was on a big Intel job. I mean, I worked, I don't know, 3,300 hours or some shit like that, that year, dude. I mean, I just crushed 
for up here. Just crushed. But it went from you couldn't find a body. Like literally, we were they were not necessarily the crane side, but you would all your buddies that are foremen running work for the carpenters or fitters or the plumbers or electricians, even our sparky friends, like everybody you talk to is like, dude, we just need, we can't even find fucking bodies. We can't find parts guys. We can't find yeah. the they just need hands. little material handlers. Like we, we just need people that will with a pulse essentially, you know, like, and it'd be funny because as a crane, as a crane operator, everybody wants, well, almost every, a lot of people like, Oh, I, I would be interested in doing that. And they always ask you, especially you're on the ground or whatnot like oh you know what do you think i could do that and so we actually had like one of the sparky material handlers ended up i think he ended up actually getting in our union as uh he he's an apprentice but he was like i think i actually he ended up working for me at a different job as like running an alamac for me when i was the uh, field superintendent and crane foreman but um it's funny because like that's how it went from like you could literally like trade crafts if you wanted to at the time frame you were oh, yeah. talking about, or you could be like, you guys don't, you guys are busy. Like, okay, cool. I'll quit at noon and I'll be hired by three, uh, like oh, yeah. going to work for somebody else the next day on, on the same job even. And yep. to what you're describing, what people don't understand is like in 21 and shit like that. It went from that to like, um, I don't know when the next crane is going to go up or I don't know if they're going to finish this project or everything that they had on the books after this just got pushed with a indefinite start date or vendors backed out. Right. And then they did do that scary thing that if you want to get the Fauci ouchie, they would take your job even. Yeah. Yeah. Things got kind of weird like that where there was like, there were some like city jobs and it was like, you know, they got, they have to ask you and it was like, yes, no, or decline to answer. Right. And like anything other than yes, you got it was you weren't eligible for the job. And like, so then they're, you know, they're playing that game too. And it's like, you, you know, you start to look at it like, shit, do I like, do I need to get this thing just so I can keep, you know what I mean? Keep paying bills. But like, I, I'm 100% happy that I made the, you know, again, you, you got to, do what is best for you. We're not talking trash to anybody right. that decided to go with that. That's yeah. totally fine. That's neither here nor there. But the, the yeah. point is you you got you also being a barbarian, you need to have a backbone. So whatever you yeah. decide to do, roll with that. Stick with your gut. Stick with what makes you you. And don't get bulldozed over just because fucking central command says this is what we need to do or what we think you should do. Or just get it so that... Listen, dude, I'm not a pushover. I can make my own decisions for myself as a grown ass man. Just because I work for you doesn't mean you you own what happens to me or what decisions I make that affect the rest of my family as well. So what a scary time to it's cool that you made it through all that to like 22, especially the end of 22, where it's like oh, there's work kind of picking back up. But for our audience, dude, California died during COVID like, yeah, that. So like when we're talking like Portland somewhat was recovered in 22 somewhat like it's been slow still a lot of stuff like if he especially this year, like all the jobs for like 24 essentially not all but the majority of them that aren't government funded the investors have pulled their money those jobs have been shut I mean it's fucking scary right now it's like it's people are gripping their money bro. Uh, yeah. 
quite an interesting time to be going through again, you know, especially this fast. It's been what, like two years since we just went through this same kind of shit and now we're back. But, but what people need to understand is like California did not, especially San Francisco, it did not recover from this. And we oh, even no. saw this in Portland where you'd have buildings built and nobody is moving into them. Yeah. I, mean, I built a 100%. building. I watched them take the tower crane down out of like, I don't know, six months or three months before I even, my crane went up, the crane came out, that building was done. And then by the time that we were taking cranes down 14 months or 15 months later on that, this top like three floors of a six story were st- of office space stuff were still like, nobody was in, nobody's renting it. Yeah. So was, was that happening a lot in the Bay too? One of the, one of the last jobs I was on, the one I was on when everything shut down, it was a, it was a building, two buildings for Uber. I think one of them was, it was like a seven and 11, seven and an 11 story, which was weird to me. I'm like, why does Uber need, I don't pretend to, that I understand why things are built the way they're built or for who they're for. Yeah. I don't understand why Uber needs two, you know, mid, mid rise buildings, a seven and an 11 story. One of them has never been occupied. My buddy sent me, one of my fitter buddies from, you know, still out of 38, sent me a, a link to an article online. They're trying to sell one of them and it has never been occupied. That one building can house 1,500 employees and it has never been occupied. Yeah. That's crazy, what? right? And, that, and that's in California. So and that's in California in, in Silicon yeah. Valley in the tech area of the world at the time. Austin now, I would say, is the new yeah. tech central. But thanks, Elon. It, um, yeah, and it's it's still weird down there. Honestly, like one of the same dude that sent me that link, like that, you know, he was on that job with me. He's working two local south for less money so that he can have a job right now you know what i mean wow. like so that's i don't even know what his commute is i haven't even bothered to figure it out but it's I'm like damn dude like so it, it's like you said it still has not recovered so oh. it, yeah yeah <laughs> it's so weird. i mean like that's something to consider too is locations money is great but it, money doesn't matter and the work the well is dry so yeah uh, m- Let's move along into some of your, so you made it to Boise or Meridian yep. now. Um, you had some former experience back in California, running some work, you know, field foreman stuff, like working foreman. Um, and then you went from making buku bucks in California to Idaho, which is right to work state. And yeah, a little pretty different. big hit, right? So yeah. what's that like? It, honestly, that was an eye opener. I'll say if one thing, like, again, you know, I came from like the you know, the local to be from it. I think it's, I haven't actually seen the verbiage, but I think it's, I've been told it's in 38's contract that, that they will be the highest paid local. So if anybody else gets a raise, they automatically get a raise regardless of what was in the last bargaining contract. So yeah, to go from that to like, and again, I just assume that's what it was. You know I mean? The benefits, I was just like, well, that's just what, that's just what you get when you're in the union. I knew that the hourly wage would be different. Like I did that much research, right? So I didn't expect to get up here and still be, you know, 75 bucks on the check for just, you know, throwing the pipe in or doing whatever they needed me to do. But I knew the pay cut would happen, but, uh, it was kind of an eye opener when, you know, I think the first time the take the kids into the doctor or whatever. And like, I went from $10 copay, no matter what it was, you know what I mean? Our, both of our boys, $10 copay. That's it. You know what I mean? Like I had shoulder surgery, $10 copay. That was it up here. I get the first bill and I'm like, what is this? (laughs) The hell is this? So if you are going to move, do a little more research than I did. Like, and you know, again, I'm probably just a dummy for not like 
not knowing that not all unions are the same, but that was an eye opener. But the quality of life is the biggest thing. I mean, it, it's like like you said, it all the money in the world is great when there's the money, but then even when there's the money, if if work's steady, but like so I was an hour, generally speaking, drive time in the morning to whatever job, depending on where I was at in the city, right? And I lived in, in Santa Rosa. That one hour in the morning could be, you know, I gave, I always gave myself a buffer. I tried to be, you know, parked at least a half hour early in case there's an accident or whatever, you know what I mean? Give yourself time so you can be on time in the morning. So you're not going to, hey, you know, this happened. I'm going to be late again. Nobody wants that guy all the time. It's good. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll take it every once in a while. But if you're that guy all the time, it's not good. And I don't like the stress, you know what I mean? It's a it's a knife fight in traffic anyway, and you don't want to have to deal with that. So give yourself some time to be there in the morning. So, you know, leave it two hours before work. And then that that hour, two hours in, in the morning, I've had it take me up to five hours to get home from San Francisco. That is too much for anybody, you know what I mean? Like that's enough to drive a man to drink in traffic and that's not any good for anybody either. So no, it's it, it's you know, I'm saying before I got on, this is the closest I've ever been to work. I'm 24 minutes to the high rise that I'm working on right now. And I'm home every night, you know, that's, and, and again, the quality of life on top of that. So I'm, you know, I'm closer than I've been and, and I'm here. So it's the politics align a lot better with me. Most of the people around here for the most part are, you know, I, I, I get along with a lot better than the crazy yahoos you see in, you know, most of California and, and it, I mean, there's a lot of stereotypes, but you know, a lot of them are true also. So. And you're what fucking where you're at, you're 45 minutes from the mountain. Yeah. You know, that's nice too. being able to get outside the city, get out and do what you love outdoors and yeah, experience life for what it is. That's pretty sick. So what, what's your, what's your day? What's a daily, what's the day in the life of a fitter? Talk oh, about man. Or that. I want our guys to understand some of the stuff that you guys do, some of your scope of work. It's it's a variety bag, and honestly, that's like I think to me that's the best part of it. Like like I said, you know, I'm not a I'm not a cubicle guy, but I also like there's some people, some some guys like you get in, you know, you get in, get on with a steady company. If if you're good with it, try to get into the shop. You know what I mean? If you if you like that. I've done, I've been in and out of fab shops. Like it's good for a while. Like it's great. If you want to learn to be a better fitter, go work, go work in a, you know, in a company that does a lot of fitting in their, in their pipe shop. You will, you will spend more time fitting and dealing with awkward, goofy prefab shit actually. And it's great for rigging too, because having to move that shit around in the fab shop, like to get it to and from the positioners. I think that's, that's really what, what made me, um, that and my instructor going through the apprenticeship was probably the, the best things that ever happened for my rigging, rigging skills is the, you know, working at the fab shop and then having a guy that was like, I'm tired of getting guys that don't know what the fuck they're doing. So huh. we're going to grind the shit into your guys' heads and you're going to be better for my anxiety at work basically. But, um, I mean, it, it doesn't, the, the limitations are, are the job, right. And you're gonna, you might get pigeonholed, like I said before, but at the same time, like you I do things I've never done before almost all the time. You know, you're going to be running a roto hammer, drilling hangers. Um, you're going to be, you know, building hangers, building different supports. Um, if you're, if you're into it, you know, there's always, there's welding opportunities. Sometimes you'll do, 
you know, it's not technically structural because then it becomes the iron worker's job, right? But like supplemental steel, if you got to come off of an I-beam somewhere to, you know, to hang pipe in an awkward spot that's too far out to, you know, to do it otherwise to just run, run other hangers. But I mean, copper pipe, steel pipe, um, you might be gluing PVC and even at so that, you, learn, you know, soldering. You learn how to braze and stuff too then? Soldering, brazing. Um, you might glue, you know, PVC or CPVC. I've done very little of it, but they, they call it, they call it welding, but it's, uh, it's like a heated element, um, for the PVC where you put it up against this goofy hot plate thing, like a panini maker, and then slam the two pieces together. And it's, it's, it's welded pipe. But as a, as a guy that welds pipe, you know, here and there, I don't, I don't consider that welded pipe, but it it's just, there's, I mean, you never know the the job that you end up on is going to determine, you know, what, what's happening. But I mean, I've done everything from, you know, built drug plants to um, running hydronic systems, which is essentially like, you know, comfort heating, like HVAC, but using boilers and chillers instead of, um, you know what I mean? Instead of refrigeration. And even at that, we run, you know, we've, we've run reefer systems, you know, on fitter jobs also, but and then to Chobani, you know what I mean? Making, making food process stuff. So it's, there's an endless variety of what you can do. Power plants. I've never done a power plant job, but there's, there's a lot of guys that do that. And I mean, they get into that niche and that's what they do. Uh, we were talking before, you know, Micron, um, they make uh, uh, semiconductors and, you know, microprocessors and stuff like that. I haven't been out there yet, but there's, there's work that's supposed to kick out there this spring. And, you know, if, uh, if they're paying what I hear they're paying, I'm going to be out there. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to learn something about that, yeah. but it, it's, I mean, there's, there's an endless variety of what you can do, even, you know, some, some work on equipment and that makes, that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And that's another great way to be, you know, to be an asset is, um, I drive a great all forklift. I mean, you know, scissor lifts, boom lifts, knuckle boom, there's, climbing ladders i mean whatever you know wh whatever you could want to do rigging you know talking to the crane guy i mean i that that one's a new one for me i've never done it before this job that i'm on right now but um done plenty of rigging and signaling but i've never been the guy you know talking to the tower crane operator until a couple months ago and you know i know i know my rigging and i know the the every you know the other aspects of the job and everything else that's going on so it's it's not a it's not a thing, you know, when the, when my foreman's like, are you good doing that? I'm like, never done it before, but I mean, I could talk and <laughs> I know what I'm doing. So, you know, what, what's the, what's the hang up? Let's give it a shot. Good. He's not beating you up too much, that operator. No, it, I mean, it's just, you know, again, it's, it's kind of weird. Cause it's not like I'm talking to somebody, I don't know. Right. And really I, I kind of see him, but not really. And it's just, so when I get up, when I got up onto the deck, um, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm the guy on the radio waving at you. You know, what do you want to hear? You want, you, you want me to just stand here and let you do it since you can basically see the can hole you're dropping into. Do you want me to, you know, you want me to just tell you when to stop? You want me to, you know, five feet, 10 feet, two feet, stop. What do you want? Just find out just like a new girlfriend. You know what I mean? You just tell me what you want and I'll do my best to give it to you. <laughs> that's always, that's always a good way to do it. Um, they got a lot going on, as you've seen, I'm sure, a, a yeah. lot. So from that perspective, we have to know your wouldn't get your needs, but then also know critical path and like try to break you in 
because what you're doing is important as well but like so is pouring out or hanging iron or flying oh yeah like dude like it's a lot to manage. A lot of people think we just sit up there and pull levers, but if you've ever had a radio, you quickly realize, especially on a bigger job, like on a high rise, once it's fucking going, dude, like I'm managing eight different things at once and trying to keep everybody yeah. working. And a yeah. lot of the time it's funny you say that. Cause you're like, you're talking to a guy that a lot of the time, like you don't know necessarily even what he looks like. He's up there before you get to the job site he comes down a lot of the time after or you don't see him on his way out because we're kind of in out no big deal and then we also not always talk a lot of the time we just listen right like yep yeah um so i bet you that was a bit of a trip to you too you're talking to this thing in the air that's way up there that you're expecting like you're gonna have a guy that wants to have a full-on like blah 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 blah, blah. a lot of the time they're just like yeah whatever you want to do that's what you yeah. get from them. Yep. And then, like, yeah, there's, there's a, I think there's at least two, there's at least two dudes and one of them, one of them's a little more chatted than the other one. And it's like, and I just kind of assume that I was, you know, it's like, it's Tuesday, you know, I was talking to, I just assume I was, you're the dude I was talking to yesterday. It's like, yeah, I've never done this before. I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, copy that. You're a new guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a, it's been interesting because, like I said, you know, having the actual being the guy talking to the guy, like I learned a little bit. You know, I've never seen what the inside of your, you know, what the inside of your crane looks like, but we're dropping, uh, dropping risers down cans and they're, they're 40 foot risers we're dropping. And because of the poor schedule and our crane schedule, we were dropping them through. So four would have been 40s, four, and then another 20. So six through six sleeve, six sleeves through the poor decks that I was um, dropping these risers. And they got on average, depending on which one it was, an inch and five eighths of clearance, right? So it's not just like, yeah, just drop it and I'll tell you when to stop. You know what I mean? It's like easy, easy, easy. And I got, you know, my apprentices and my helpers are, on the other end of either phones or, or other radios that he's not hearing running down there and making sure that our pipe doesn't catch the, the sleeves as they're dropping down and like jockeying back and forth between yelling at them, telling them what they need to do. And like asking this guy to slow down or pull back at, you know, one time we caught a, we caught a sleeve and I, I just see the, the line go slack and I'm like, uh, pull it back up about two feet real quick, please. <laughs> And just, you know, cool as a cucumber, like no response. It just goes back up. I'm like, I kind of sort of thought he was going to yell at me actually, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different, but it's, it's a, it's been a learning experience and that's what, that's what all of it is. I mean, everything is, everything new is, a, is an experience and an opportunity to learn something else and to be that much more valuable. And I think that's what, you know, you get into those weird situations where, you know, where everything, the whole world changes and you don't know when you're going to get your check. And that's being the guy that's not going to say, well, I've never done that and I don't want to. And the guy that's got a lot of just random experience. I think that's what, you know, what kept me on as long as it did. You know what I mean? That That's why it took me two years to get, you know, to get my, my final check from them is, you know, I was not a yes man, you know what I mean? But if there's something that needs to be done and it's in my, you know, it's in my job description. Like, well, I've never done that before, but it'll be something else, you know, another feather in my cap that, you know, I'll know how to do after I'm done with this. So. 
And that's the important of also, like uh, we talked about this on Kyle Kutz's episode um, that we recently released. And, uh, but we talked about like not pigeonholing yourself, right? Like don't just do the shit that you're good at or the shit that you like, but learn to be as dynamic as you can. Like literally like go and attack the things that you suck or that you don't like so that you can become proficient in them. And like to a mastery level, even that way you are the most, you are the biggest, baddest asset, not badass, but baddest asset, right? That there is on the job side, because you understand just that much more. And the more that, you know, the more experiences you collect, the more knowledge you stack, the bigger your check gets, the bigger your opportunities present, get that present themselves, the, the more leverage you hold. I mean, this shows about winning and about leveling up. So for the people that are, looking just to get by, don't listen to that. You go ahead and pigeonhole yourself and just be the one skill guy all you want. But for, and that's fine. We, the world needs those too. Like uh, Andy Priscilla says this all the time, but the world needs fry cooks, be the best fry cook you can. Like, and by all means, for those people that that's, you just want to go home and do that. You're not necessarily driven beyond more. Like there's no judgment from any of us. Like that's your thing. Cool. But this show is for the guys that want to own their own company or want to scale and make more money or want the new truck, want the bigger house that <clears throat> want their to be a better example for their kids, want more out of life. Right. And so for you guys, you don't pigeonhole yourself. You get to good at one thing, but get not good. Fuck good. Get great. Become excellent yep. at one thing. Fuck good. Excellence. And then, take your weakness and attack that next weakness or find another soft spot and attack that. And, Oh, this opportunity came up. Maybe the timing's not right right now, but don't shy away from a good challenge. Don't shy away from a fight essentially. Like when it comes to uh, fighting for the career and the life that you want. Right. I mean, and, and you've done that in every move you made from trying to figure out like fast food to grocery store to biotech and then, trying to build rock crawlers and do that to fab shop to then at 31 years old, jumping in the union, going through apprenticeship, starting over again, knowing that short-sighted, it might be seem long, but long-sighted is short. I know that sounds controversial coming out of my mouth, but like legitimately that's what it is, right? It's literally, learning to understand that long is not actually long. It's actually short in the grand scheme of things. And when you think short, you're actually denying yourself of the long-term benefit, right? Like, and if you can, if you can fully like learn to let that go, then, I mean, this is, this is about making you more dynamic. So if you're listening to this, I promise, like, please hear what I'm saying. Like, this is just ways to teach your mind to help get you to make that step, that scary, aggressive, first step because playing a safe that's not yeah. the route bro that's how you exist yep i want to thrive you know and you're that that way and so to take it back to bring it back in man um let's let's get into some advice that you may have for some of our brethren and our sisters out there that are doing stuff right so um I don't want to get into the free, the frequently asked questions yet. We're going to get into that in just a second because I do have some questions yep. for you. But I do want to know, like, give me some leadership advice on for, for the fitters specifically out there, the guys that are looking into it. What what are some things like even just leadership advice in general for guys in the trades, right? Like we'll take away the constraints here. But 
what do you got for me, man? I know you're a wealth of knowledge. You're a great dude. We've talked for shit. I've been talking to you since about the time you journeyed out now. Yeah. Through yeah, uh, hunting right. and other stuff, right? So, yep. so give me some leadership advice here, man. Give our audience some. Let them see the Chris that I know. I think the best, the, the best thing about, and I mean, even you don't even have to be in the foreman role, but like you're, you're going to be, you're going to be a leader, right? No matter what, at some point in the job, whether it's just like you got the apprentice for the day or, or whatever, but like, I mean, and there's, you know, you got to beat them up a little bit, right? You got to beat up the apprentice and the helper a little Absolutely. bit, but that's, that's just part of the thing, but don't, don't be, you know, don't, don't be personal about it. Teach them stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I will, I will almost apprentice for them as often as possible to let them do things. I mean, and don't, you know, it's like your kids, right? Like you see the mistakes they're going to make before they do. And, and to a point you kind of got to let them, but at the same time be there and be ready to catch them. Right. So like I'll kind of flip flop back and forth, like, and it depends also, like, obviously the, the, the pace you're on, like the job you're on, whatever, like that's going to dictate how much you're, you're able to let them like fall and skin their knees and shit, and then have to figure it out versus how often you, you basically just give them something where they can just shut their brain off and just here, just do exactly what I'm telling you right now, because we got to go, you know what I mean? It's time to run. Like you don't have time to learn how to walk. We got to run. But if, if you, you know, like you said, we, we've all we've all made the mistakes. And so we know where, where those mistakes are going to be. And you can kind of, you can kind of set them up, you know what I mean? Put them in a position where, you know, you know where they're gonna have the best opportunity to learn both how to do the job and how to do it right. And, and let them, let them hit their head, but then be there to show them and then explain it. Don't just, you know, don't be that, don't be that guy that that's, you know, My my mom's my mom's best line when she was when she was mad when I was younger was because I'm the mom and I said so right like and that was yeah. you know end of a long day and I'm being a knucklehead shit like but explain it tell them why like because I never like and I mean you know I'm a I'm a smartass so that was usually just when I started laying in even more and making things even more difficult and getting yelled at usually but you know again I'm a knucklehead so um it just explain why things need to be done the way they need to be done. Like in the timing, you know, letting them, like I said, let them, let them hit their head. You know, it's going to happen. You can see it ahead of time and you're almost kind of setting them up, which is good. You know, again, like I said, you got to beat them up a little bit, have fun with them. Like, you know, the whole, uh, the whole apprentice role and, you know, they're, they're there to, for comic relief and, uh, and, and to do all the shitty stuff you don't want to have to do, but teach them stuff. Like, Uh, you you'll see those guys where they don't want to. And I think you talked to Kyle about this, where like they don't want to teach you stuff or teach anybody anything because, well, then he's going to be better than me. He's going to take my job. That, that kid, you know, that apprentice, whatever. Should be better if, than if you, you when you're done right. with them. Yes. And if you're, if you're worried about him taking your job, you're not doing your job. You need, you need to let, you need to step it up. You know what I mean? You need to level your game up if you're worried about that kid taking your job. But in the long run, that kid is who's going to make sure your retirement is there. So you need him to be better than, than you are right now when you're sitting at home collecting that retirement. Because if you don't teach him anything because you're afraid he's going to take your job, 
he's going to, your, your local is going to fall apart after you retire. You know what I mean? If you're carrying that whole thing by yourself, when you retire, it goes away. You know what I mean? He's so, also a direct representation of your abilities. Yeah. You know what I'm so, saying? That is a reflection of your teaching ability, your level of knowledge, your baseline. I mean, like that's an accountability thing that people don't want to hear, but it's the truth. I mean, and there's a noticeable yeah. difference between a, between apprentices that got it and apprentices that are just gophers, as you said earlier, like that they just get ran around. They don't really know nothing. They're third year or fourth year even. And, and they're still like, dude, nobody ever taught you this. No, my last foreman just made me run and get this. Or he had me do all this. He just did all the shit he didn't want to do is what he like. Take the time to get gritty with them, you know, like yeah. from a leadership role. And, and like Kyle said, um, he loves to get down and like show them and like encourage them to ask why so that they fully understand. And, you know, there is a time and a place for asking questions. I mean, we're bulldogs too, people. This is a fucking dog eat dog world on a job site, but don't be the guy that nobody wants to approach, you know? Yeah. And like, as you're talking about, you, you said something earlier that really resonated with me about being the guy that um, you'll almost apprentice for them to a point, right? Like you'll go back and forth. You flip to be that role. When I get asked to check a guy out in a crane or whatever, or I have an oiler that uh, he knows how to build the crane really well or whatnot, but he maybe doesn't have a bunch of seat time. And some of these kids, they can even put certain cranes better together than I can because they just do it every day and I don't, right? Um, especially on some of the bigger crawlers and stuff. I, I show up and run them a lot now versus like go and put them together every day. So some of these kids are even, you know, they're better than I am at some of that shit. But there's something to be said about like being able to get out of the seat and be like, hey, hop in there. And like, yeah, this kid knows what he's doing, but then like talk him through it a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, like right here, like you see where you're at right there. Yeah, boom. I'd boom up a little bit right there. And then like, I'm lining up and doing this. And, you know, next thing you know, you're looking at this kid and yeah, he knows how to put the crane together, but you're helping him put it together. Like learn how to put the skill set together and see yeah. how you do things and run. Like, I'm not afraid to go stand on the side of the track or get out of the seat and like, I'll even teach my bellman, right? Like you see right here where my boom is. If I'm trawling out really hard right here, I can take all the energy and the inertia from the energy and clean my block up at this. And I'll show them that. And then they'll be like, holy shit, you know, little things. So you really resonated with me when you were saying almost I apprentice for them because at the end of the day, dude, it's, it's your job to be their best resource, their biggest yeah. ally, but their best resource, you know? Yeah. And I think another thing for leadership, a lot of people, you know, again, you get into that foreman role and like people think that they got to know things, right? Don't, nope. don't think you got to pretend, you know, stuff then. And I'll tell people that all the time. Like if, if I, you know, Hey, go take, you know, go take the kid and do whatever. Tell them, Hey, I've never done this before. I've done a lot of things that look like this. You know what I mean? I've, I've done a lot of things. I have not done this. We're going to learn together. You know what I mean? And if anything, and I, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm sarcastic. I tell people a lot when, when we're done with this, you're going to know what not to do because you're going to see me make some mistakes, but it's, it is what it is. You know what I mean? And, and don't, that's something else too. If you flat out don't know what you're doing and it's probably going to fuck something up, tell them because if you're costing people money, having to redo things a lot, you're probably not going to hang out that long. But if, if it's, but, but at the same token, if you're, if you're always asking, you know, if you're always asking the boss what, like, hey, I don't, how do you want, how do you want me to do this? Like, nobody, nobody wants to have to hold your hand all the time either. But like, if you're, if you're coming out and saying, hey, look, 
I don't really fully understand what's happening here, like, you know, or what needs to happen. Don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to say you don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? Because it's in the long run, it's going to be better for everybody. It's easier to do things right the first time than it is to have to fix, especially if it's horribly fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And don't get in the habit of having to do rework either. I mean, that's just yeah. terrible. But I mean, dude, this conversation has been great. Let's let's jump into the Q and A while we're just on it. Let's get into the frequently okay. asked questions because your your answers right now are crushing it. And why I got your mind on it, you know, let like let's send these people home with some fucking wisdom, right? So I got to ask you, dude. It's the flagship question of the show. The flagship question. All my barbarians, I want to know what is a blue collar barbarian to you. Just, I mean, like, you know, like we've touched on just the guys that are hungry, you know what I mean? Like the, the guys that aren't just there to be, you know, a neck down set of hands, the guys that are, that are looking for the next thing, you know, the next, even if it's a lateral to get you, you know, to get you over so you can get up. But I mean, finding that, that level up, I mean, looking for the next challenge, trying to do that shit that like, I don't know anything about that. And honestly, it's, it's kind of intimidating, but. I need to know how to do that. You know what I mean? Like the the guys that aren't just going to sit there and, and watch things passing by, you know what I mean? The guy that's ready to, to step through that door when opportunity knocks, I mean, or gal, I mean, for that matter, there, there's a, there's a lot more, there's a lot more blue collar gals out there. I think than, uh, than I'm used to seeing there's been, there's actually quite, quite, quite a few more of them around here than, uh, than what I was used to out of 38. But I mean, it just, the people that aren't there to settle, like you said, fuck good, right? Like we're we're not here to do a good job. We're here to kill it and 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 then accept the next challenge. I mean, and keep going. You know, I think I think it was on it was on one of the episodes you're saying like the the top, right? Like that is you, you're looking you're looking to climb to the place where you're going to go to die, not not just to stop here because well I've reached this goal like. That's just a step on the way, man. You gotta, you gotta keep going. Like there, there's no, yeah. The end is where, where there's no, there's no more steps to take. You know what I mean? If there's, if you're not to the top of the mountain yet. You're not to the top. That's, that's all there is to it. You got to keep going, keep climbing. Yeah. That, that quote you're referencing that I say, um, and I'll share this with you. Cause I, I, I love this dude, but, uh, I came up with this a couple of years ago. It's almost like a mantra. It's not quite a mantra for me, but it's, it's very much, it's, it's the the top is where you stop, right? There you go. That's what it is. Because like every time you think you're at the top of your game, you could lateral over. You could. It's almost like false summiting, right? I call it a never summit mentality. Like because every time I think I'm going to be at my peak, I realize that that's just that another peak, and then there's a valley, and I got to cross this. I got to start climbing up this next thing. So like literally, legitimately, the top is where you stop in all cases of this. So that's been really interesting for me uh, to wrap my mind, try to wrap my mind around, right? Like, and it's actually helped me quite a bit in just being aggressive with, with careers. Um, moving right along with this, just because I want to respect your time. Um, what are some things that the, what are some considerations for people that are looking to get into a blue collar trade or how they should pick one? I know you kind of, yours just kind of fell into, you were welding and fabricating and somebody showed you a check and you were like, what do you do? But I mean, yeah. what are, How do what I get things that? people should think about? Look at the, look at the long term. I mean, so it's, if, if, 
if you are considering getting into a blue collar trade, look at for the most part, you know, there's, you're going to like, like we touched on before, you're going to have to be near some kind of a, you know, a hub. And if you can, if you can deal with the commute to be somewhere outside of that, if that's where, you know, you'd, you'd rather be in the mountains or whatever, you can look at a map, you know, give yourself, you know, 45 minutes an hour and, and draw a circle. And if, you know, if you can get to somewhere that looks like peace and tranquility for you from that, and then, and then look at the, look at the options. You know what I mean? You, I mean, you got, you got iron workers there, you know, if you want to weld and beat on stuff, you like using a hammer, you know what I mean? That's a great, like uh, you could do that. Or, and I mean, the, where we're at now, there's uh there's iron workers that are out with the glazers. So they're a little like, it's like a weird combination of, I mean, what do they guess? They're like a, they're like a rubber mallet, right? They're definitely still a hammer, but they're working around glass. So they got to be a little more like a little more finesse than the, than your typical, uh, you know, steel banging iron workers. If you're not really big on cleaning up and you like lighter stuff, you know, maybe be a sparky. Uh, no, I mean, it just look at, look at what you, if you've got some mechanical aptitude, look at, look at what you enjoy doing and then just kind of look at the, you know, look at trades that go with that. Like, like I said, we're, people call us mechanics. I, I've heard that reference made a lot. I, there's definitely some, some correlations like, when we get into building mechanical rooms and stuff like that, there's a lot of, you know, we, we got pumps and things that are getting turned on and started. And it, you know, it's, it's, there's similarities to working on cars and stuff like that. And the wrenching that I did before this, but like, just find, find what you enjoy that's in, you know what I mean? That kind of looks like something, something like one of the trades and, and then just go get in, I mean, like I did, just, just go get into BA's ear, you know, look, look it up, find, find where your, your local hall for whatever that trade is and be that squeaky wheel, honestly, you know what I mean? Go, yeah. go introduce yourself, tell them why for they sure. need you. <clears throat> and if, if, like I said, if it, like with 38, if you got to take a test to get in, sometimes you might have to wait because like I said, with 38, it was a two-year schedule. So, you know, luckily when I started pursuing it, it was right at, right at test time, basically. So. I took a test, then started waiting, and then I became the squeaky wheel when I was about ready to, you know, time out and have to take the test again. But some of them you can, and if things are booming, I mean, if things are busy, you might, you know, you might be able to go start right now kind of thing. Uh, right. Where I'm at now, they've got a helper program where you can kind of try the, you know, try the trade on and do a bunch of bitch work and materials moving and stuff like that. But, I mean, you're going to see the guys doing what, what it is you think you're going to want to do. So, you know, but just and go, you're gonna go talk build to your network, right? Yeah. You're going to, yeah. And, and honestly, that's, that's a great way to start. If that's how you're, you know, the local you're looking at is, is, is structured. Be hungry. You know what I mean? Don't just, Oh, I'm just a helper. Like, no, no, be, be the pre-apprentice, you know what I mean? Or be the pre-journeyman, like look at whatever, whatever it is you want to be, be that now and let those yes. guys see that. And, and that will, you go a long ways, just, you know, being a step ahead of where you're at, not, I mean, be where you're at, do your job, but like, let them know that you're, you're already aiming for that next, that next step before it's even official, you know, before they even let you in, be that guy that's, that's trying to be there already. Yeah. I love it, dude. So moving right along again, uh, what's your what is your favorite part of the job? Like what's your favorite part of what you're doing? 
being a fitter? Uh, like I said, the variety is the variety is cool because you know any any day it's it's going to change. But <clears throat> I love welding and I love rigging. It, it's 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 uh, both of them are things that kind of will put people off because I mean rigging. If you screw it up, it can be bad, right? Like you you can kill people. I mean things things get wild and and but it's it's a good it's a brain workout, right? When you get some of those weird pieces or offsets, and you got to try to like drift things, spin things, you know, stand something that's laying down on the ground or on dunnage or on a truck bed upright and then, you know, shift it in the air, do that kind of stuff. Like it's challenging, but it's, it's not like, I don't know what's that. It's not a, it's more of a mental exercise. Right. And that's, I think that's a big part of this too, is like your, your brain, your brain has to stay sharp. You know what I mean? Like there's a yes. lot of, again, there's a lot of neck down guys. There's a lot of, there's a lot of barbarians on job sites that aren't the blue collar barbarians or just, you know what I mean? Just a big meathead That's like, Hey, you come wrestle this thing around. Cause it's big and it needs to move. You know what I mean? But you, you got to keep your brain sharp and, and I don't know, you kind of get into those, like almost that goodwill hunting thing where you just start seeing things move in your head and you know what needs to happen before it, before it has to happen. And then you just, you can just put the pieces together. Yeah. No, that's solid. That's all it did. Uh, that's a, actually a killer advice right there too, about keeping your brain sharp. Your mental is, is half the battle, but that that's cool that rigging is your favorite, one of your favorite things. Rigging is a uh, next level. Like there's something new every day. You can, you can rinse, wash, repeat a lot of it, but then there's other shit. Like you were saying, I got to, even as a guy that does this for a living, like sometimes I pick shit up. I just got to figure it out as I'm picking it up. How the fuck we got to rig it. Like, Oh yeah. That's just the way it goes. Like everything could be, it could be the same looking shit as what you just did, but it's heavier on one end and oh shit, mm -hmm. and, or I need it to float a certain way. Right. So I need to offset some length so that this end could stab or fit through this or some under this all sorts of dog leg bullshit, you know? Um, yep. So uh, your the last question I got for you is what is three things that someone could do to stand out on the job site as a fitter or even just in general, I'll take either, but what are, what are three things that would make somebody more dynamic right away? Like that you, when you look at it, you're walking across a job site, that what's something you notice about somebody? Be again, like we talked about, be, be ready for a challenge. You know what I mean? Like try to like, and, and again, just like the, you know, the advice for the, the guys coming up, just, find that next thing. You know what I mean? Look, look for, look to be better than you are. And I mean, yeah. and again, own it. Hey, I don't know how to do that, but I want to learn. I want to know how to do that. You're, you're everybody. You're, you know, the guy, the journeyman you're working with, whatever, you know, you're, you're foreman, the guys above them in the office are going to hear about it. Just be looking to have more, have more skills and, and make yourself more valuable. Always be, you know, looking for something else and, and, like you said, find the things you don't know how to do and learn it to mastery level. Um, we do dirty work, but that doesn't mean, you know, you notice the guys that show up, it's, you know, six o'clock in the morning, you're standing at the hooch and this guy looks like he's already been rolling around under his car. Like you, you don't have to be that guy. I mean, you don't, you know, Personal don't show up. Ready hygiene for, is a yeah. real thing. It really yeah. is a thing. You don't have to show up ready for a photo shoot. But you know what I mean? Like 
clean and not smelling like BO is a, is a nice thing, nice way to start your day. And if you could finish your day that way, I mean, that's a, that's a plus too, but, and just be, you know, be prompt, be on time, you know, um, it, Ooh, it's not that hard to do. Yeah. There's, it's, I mean, sometimes it is, like I said, you know, when I was driving to the city, it's well, shit. When I was, when I first got out here, there was times I was, um, I was driving two hours a day or two hours either way to, to, and from where I was at. And especially as a foreman, like you don't, you don't want to be late. You know what I mean? You don't want your guys having to stand around because, oh, well, there was a, you know, accident on the road. I was doing it in the wintertime and, and I would leave, I would leave three and a half hours before I had to be there just because you didn't know, you know what I mean? I knew I was going to be on the road before the plow trucks. And I knew that I was at some point going to be behind somebody that's doing 35 miles an hour with their hazard lights on because they're terrified of driving in the dark, in the snow, or there was going to be a semi truck doing 40 miles an hour driving down the middle of both lanes. And I was going to have to find my window to safely try to shoot past him. You know what I mean? It, it's, it takes a little bit more. It sucks having to get up. You know what I mean? That, that much earlier when you got to do it, but just re redo your schedule and be prompt. I mean, you're, you're getting paid, you know, a decent wage to be there when you're supposed to be there, do what you got to do to do it and be ready. You know what I mean? Don't, don't show up asleep, you know, at the buzzer and all right, hold on. Give me, you know, give me 15 minutes. I got to drink this coffee. And then I'm going to ask you again, what you just told me, cause I'm not paying attention to what you just said, you, you know? Yeah, I do for sure. <laughs> no, those are solid. So timeliness, personal hygiene, and being hungry. Uh, yeah. just an, apt an aptitude for learning essentially, right. And eagerness and a willingness. That's incredible. Um, listen, dude, closing this show out, typically we ask people like, if you have any book recommendations, like you kind of said about sharpening your brain and stuff like that, that I think that's a really big missed thing for guys in the trades, especially so guys like me, um, you're at, it's funny, like you're at like year six and I remember it's funny being there. Well, you're well with you count your apprenticeship what you're 10 now about 9 10 yeah yeah so but let's just say being a journeyman you're at year six and i remember like that where you're at kind of like and being like well what you know like you're kind of in the in the middle right like what do you do you take on some leadership roles here and there but it's kind of almost redundant at this point it's, you have a great attitude so you're able to keep it fresh and stuff like that and and uh, especially being just a little bit older, you do way better than I did. I was younger at this and, you know, I'm just squirrel, right? You know, like, but I think it's really important. You got to keep your mind sharp and you got to keep yourself more dynamic. This is something I wish I would have been better at, not, you know, but hey, lessons learned, right? I'm 10 years in now, 11 years in, and, and now I know and that, but I also am smart enough to look ahead and be like, I don't want to be the guy that's done this for 20 years. And that's doing this, like as skilled as they are, as great of people as they are, that's not what I want. I don't want to be beat up, broke down. I'll, like I want to grow. I want to offer more. I want to be able to go and enjoy things and be there for my kids, especially doing the crane thing. That's not a thing. Right. So do you have any, um, you have a quote or books or any suggestions or anything you'd like to leave us with tonight, Chris? Yeah, it's it's funny. So I when I read that in the like the the outline, the the first thing that pops up and it's funny because I don't like, you know, I don't, 
I got mixed feelings on the guy. And, and it's a Eminem, right? Success is the only motherfucking option. Failure's not. And it's, you know, this switch to being the sole provider when we moved up here. So my wife's now a stay-at-home mom. She homeschools our boys. And and that's that was a big part of the the jump up here too. And it really is. I mean, that's that's how I look at things now 100% before like, you know, uh, and again, things were booming like we talked about before where yeah. if I got laid off, you know, I could make a phone call and and be be out to work again and no problem. But it's still, you know, there's a there's going to be that hiccup and things are going to get rolling again. That's not a thing now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I do not have that luxury. It, it is like 100 percent. It's 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 kill and repeat. You know what I mean? I got to I got to go out there and kill it every day and just and just keep moving. And uh, and it's so that that's I mean, that's it. That's the that's the mentality. But a book I just started. um I just started looking at this. My wife actually gave it to me. It's it's called Progress and all um if you want I don't have it handy so I can't I can't remember the author's name, but it's basically um it's kind of a coached like goal setting. You get into it and there's an intro and it'll it'll break the whole thing down for you. It's like, you know, pick pick three goals, set them, give yourself a timeline, um and then, you know, you go, it's, there's a calendar in there and you go through it daily and it's like, you know, steps and everything. So it's for me, like work, work wise, like is the best, like I'm, I'm good at this on the work side of things. I get into like personal life and everything. And like, I'm not like, I don't achieve on the level that I do with work. Right. It, it's weird. Like I know, I don't question myself in work. I get like, get into like, you know, the real me, I take off the, you know, take off the Superman cape and I'm, I'm Clark Kent when I come home and it's like, I'm, I'm a lot more hesitant about things and, and goal setting and stuff like that. So it's kind of weird. So th this for me, like it's been good because it's, if I can get that work mentality in my real life, you know what I mean? I think it, it's gonna, it's gonna help me all around, obviously. You know what I mean? You, you start, you just, you get your brain going, like we we're saying earlier with the, you know, keeping your brain sharp and it, it really does change things and you'll just see your whole trajectory and your path change. So like I said, I'll, I'll get you that, you know, after the fact that I mean, put it in the notes or, sure. or whatever for anybody that wants to look at it, but it's, I'd recommend checking it out. If you, if, if you struggle with achieving goals or even figuring out how to set them, cause I, that's something again, like I know what I want to do, but like, how do you, how do you figure out how to set that path to really manifest it without, you know, without a, a path, you know what I mean? So it's, it's yeah. really spelled out. And then just look at, look at people, look at people and listen to people. And if, if what they're, what they're doing and saying, you know, resonates, there's probably a reason. So just start paying attention. You know what I mean? And like, like, like you said earlier, I don't know if, I don't know if you noticed that before now, but yeah. you probably recognize I that. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's where I keyed in on you actually on, on this, on this here podcast right here. First time I heard this dude's voice, it, it I was, and I think I told guy this and I might've told you this, but like, I felt like it was my sentiments with someone else, you know, coming out of a different, somebody else's body. And it was at a time where I was really still trying to figure out, you know, what the hell I was doing. I was kind of just waking up and pulling my head out of my ass really. And like, uh, and I heard your passion and your, and your drive. And I was like, 
this guy's about something, dude. I need to, I need to watch what this guy's doing. Like there's this, this, like this strikes a nerve and it resonates with me. And so I was, I was pretty stoked when you, when you started the, you know, the, the barbarian movement and it's, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be part of it. And I'm, I like where it's going, man. No, dude, I appreciate that. And I'm thankful for it. And that hat you're wearing that the, the gorilla head is going to come back into this. I, I do. That's my favorite logo. I've, had designed yet and you're gonna see it again in a like in some way in this it'll be probably a series of i I don't know what i'm gonna do with that but it's not dead but with this barbarians thing for sure um movement yeah i mean people have no idea this is awakening you know like that's what this is this is a call to action for for excellence and for people to step up and to do outside of what your passions and your hobbies are chasing critters on the mountain or whatever your accessories are like this is how you crush it for the things that really matter like your family and you and that allows you because you know i got sick and tired and and this is no attack on anybody but i got i got sick and tired of seeing dudes brag about driving a 93 toyota and working nine months of the year so they could take three months off to chase animals in the high country and like these are the people that people are idolizing. Kids are idolizing this. And like, although that works for you, like, I don't think that the majority of the world needs to live mediocre or no. passively. I, I think passively is pussy. Like, sorry guys, but it, like, that's just my personal thing. And and this is not an attack on anybody that does want to live a more passive and paused and mediocre life. Like that, that's for you. But I, there, there's enough of that already. What yep. they're what there's not enough of is go getters. There's not enough men like you that at 31 years old are brave enough to try the fuck again. There's not enough guys like you that are willing to like, oh shit, like that's a reality. Just looking at somebody's paycheck and be like, how do I do that? And go and get it. Like go yeah. get it, bro. And that's what the fuck is missing. So yeah. I appreciate what you're saying and all your support and over the years, I mean, I've just always just shared me, man. And uh, I got canceled for it a little bit, uh, as you saw. I mean, you've been following me long enough to know. I got canceled for being that loud, scary, passionate dude in the sense of a lot of the people in the industry didn't like, in that industry, didn't like that I would say the things that I would say because I just was a real go-getter. And it is what it is, but it, it's cool to be able to take – you know, I want to leave you with something too, is that failure is feedback. And I know you know this, but I want to encourage you with this, that in all these things that you've went through and all these little lessons that, cause I know you as an overly critical person of yourself, like all these yep. little failures and setbacks that you've appeared, that's all just legitimate feedback for you to grow. Like all that shit that we're talking about and referencing with Kong and all this other stuff, like, which we're back, baby. We're barbarians. Now we're the savage motherfuckers coming, coming to take back what's ours. We're coming to put food back on the table for our friends, for our brothers, for our sisters to help those around us that are fucking hurting. Like that's what we're back. But on that note, all those little setbacks, all the speed bumps, all the doubt, all the fear, every single fucking bit of it was feedback. And I want to encourage you with that to make that adjustment in your life too. And to take this because you're a killer in your own right. You know, you may like playing with pipe and stuff and pipe down holes and do a shit that I'm not necessarily understanding. <laughs> be that goofy bastard if you want to take jabs. But uh, you know what you are? You're a great father. You're a great leader. 
you have a great attitude and you're a barbarian in your own way. And I respect you for that. And I respect you greatly for that. And that's why I wanted you to be a part of this show. So, I mean, I want to thank you for your time tonight. Um, it's a little later there. You're ahead of me even, but I want to thank you for your time because it's been important to me. And I want to leave you with one more thing, a book suggestion, the magic of thinking big by Dr. Um, David J. Schwartz. Okay. Magic of thinking big um, with what you were talking about in that the book that you just recommended about trying to figure yeah. out how to manifest it. This goes into talk about the mindset of why it's important to think bigger and to, to get into this. It would, I think it would really, really serve you. Just so you know. Nice. Yeah, no, I'll check that out for sure. And I love it. So the quote that we're ending this motherfucker on is success is the only motherfucking option. Failure's not. That's right. Chris McKelvey, my man, I appreciate your time so much tonight, dude. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being kind and complimenting me, even though that we're just getting started. I really appreciate the kind words, dude. I appreciate your support more than anything. Thank you for listening to the show and now coming on the show. How cool is that? The world goes, keeps going around. And to everybody listening, I just want to take a second to tell you, thank you so much for your continued support and listening to the show. Uh, Chris appreciates it. I appreciate it. My team appreciates it. All of our guests are loving the feedback. Please keep it coming. We want to know how we can serve you better. So if you want certain questions answered, go ahead and shoot those to me. If you want certain questions from our guests or want to know more, please reach out and I will put you in touch with this. This is a network of killers. And Chris is one of them and he's one of the kindest guys. So he'd be happy to answer any questions you guys may have. I'm sure we'll link him all of our stuff. So Chris, it's been real, dude. Thank you so much. And I will see you on the next one, I'm sure. I don't know, man.